bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good? You're not good. You just know how to hide. How to lie. Me, I don't have that part. Me, I always tell the truth. Even when I lie. So say good night to the bad guy. Come on. The last time you're gonna see a bad guy like this again, let me tell you. What the fuck are you talking about, okay? I'm your partner, okay? You're not gonna trust me with that kind of thing. Who the fuck are you gonna trust? Join your partner. Bullshit, man. Okay, don't talk to me about trust, I don't mind. You know what? You should listen to your wife, man. She's right. You are an asshole, man. Come here, give me a kiss. Come here. Come here. Hey. Hey. Hey, fuck you, man! Who put this thing together? Me! That's who! Who do I trust? Me! by way of mobile devices welcome to another exciting episode of the atomic podcast and here is your host of the show Efren guzman intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices welcome to another exciting episode of the atomic podcast coming to you live from delavan wisconsin where i blow up the news on a verbal scale i am your host Efren guzman my guest today We've been in high school. We, we haven't walked in really the same crowds, but we know each other. And, like, we, we know each other. We've seen each other in the streets, but not too often, though. But longtime close personal friend, Vicente Camacho. What's up, man? How you doing? 
I'm good, my brother. Appreciate that intro, man. Yeah, man. Long time no see. But you're right, man. We, we crossed paths so many times in school and we jumped in like similar social circles and we always were around each other. You know, he was always a good dude. He always pleasant. My, my brother forever, my man E. Uh, I'm good, doing good, man. Just, you know, maintaining in this quarantine world and, you know, just, just oh, hearing there's sirens now. I don't know if you can hear that now, but um, there's, it's just, it's just crazy, man. It's just bugging out. Like we just, I was talking to you a little bit about it, like how everything is just changed in the world. People come and go, people move away from the city. People love the hood, but they want to leave the hood. It's, it's, it's a lot of shit going on though, you know? It is, it is, it is a lot of that. The world's on its ear right now, and then people, we aren't making it much better, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But today, but today though, we're going to try to add a little light to a little levity we're to the situation. Spice it up a little bit. Yes, yes. We're going to p- talk about, I think, one of the most popular films for, I guess, people in the inner city, people in the big cities, rappers, you know, um, yes. this film, the 1983 film Scarface, a Brian De Palma film, which I think. You know, I'm saying people like to compare a lot of gangster films, like the top 10 gangster films or whatnot. This has got to be the top 10. Do you agree? It absolutely is for many reasons, too. But but you're absolutely right. This this film was groundbreaking in the sense that it glorified a lifestyle that many of the kids in the hood could identify with or resonated with because it was probably like the only line of work available to kids in the hood that didn't have the chances that everybody else in the in New York City was afforded. Yeah. What do you think about so, the yeah, what do you think about the character Tony Montana, Scarface? Like what do you think resonates with so many rappers and they have to like add them in, in like the songs and people say, Oh, I want to be like Tony Montana. What what do you think what do you think people aspire to be like just his rise? Like what is it about it, him? It's it's absolutely the rise. It's the meteoric rise too. Cause he went from a dude that was washing dishes at like a a truck stop or a, a, what was that was like a food truck right? yeah a food truck yeah it was a food truck <laughs> they, were, they were in that old sweaty food truck and then from him to go from that sweaty food truck wearing twenty dollar playeras to five hundred fifty dollar suits in like two weeks and then you know having his own enterprise <laughs> by the time it's all said and done I mean that 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 was a story that that definitely touched people that got oh I want to make that money that that allure you know that. That's, that's the whole stigma behind it, e, with the drug game that these kids in our neighborhoods grew up in love with, that you and I never saw that lifestyle as a way to live. But other people were just enamored by the cars, the money, the women. Yeah. And to me, that, to me that's what, that was the lore of it all, Scarface. Yeah. And it also was caught in, like, political stuff, right? Because, like, it was whole, like, done in Cuba with the whole Fidel Castro yes. thing. Like, they yes. put that political political yes, thing to it he starts yeah. off that way to give us to give us the feel that the the people that fidel castro was sending to america wasn't just people that want to be deported he pretty much emptied his prisons which is a fact that's true he sent us a lot of people that were vagrants in cuba people that were political prisoners in cuba people that were already in jail hmm. along with the other with the with the hundreds and thousands that were coming in the, the, the normal refugees, but he was giving us a lot of bad apples. And in the very beginning of the movie, they touch on that when they're in the INS office. Remember that, E? Yep, yep, I remember that. The the INS, when, when they're interviewing uh, Tony Montana, the INS agent looks at the other, he goes, <laughs> Castro's shitting all over us. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yep. See, at, at that time, like, you know, being an adult now, now I, like, I know what that means. At that time, is like you don't really pay attention to things like that. You're like, okay, I just want to get to the action. But, like, yeah. the whole cinematography of it, like, the whole feel of it was really, really cool. And I think that Scarface pretty much was, like, the inspiration for, like, the Grand Theft Auto games, you know? like Absolutely. The Vice City. Yes. Vice yes. City all the way. Soundtrack and everything. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and it's just funny because this movie came out in 83. I think, I'm not sure what Pacino did before that. I don't know if Serpico came out, like, before. Serpico's in the 70s. Yes. Serpico was in the 70s and Dog Day Afternoon. They followed each other back to back. Oh, uh, So, like, this was, like, his, I don't say he, he was doing a lot of movies after that, but this was, I think, in, it was released in 84, but I think he probably did that probably one after those movies, right? I think he did that, like... Yes, yes, he was, he was like, he wasn't, I'm not going to say on a decline, but he was like, like on a steady line, like he wasn't, he wasn't doing a lot of work. Yeah. So when, when, when he caught Scarface, this opened up a whole new avenue for, for Pacino, from, in, in my opinion at least, yeah. in terms of making more movies, and you got to see him in more movies after that, you know, Scent of a Woman came, which he was incredible in, and, and you know, he he just did a whole bunch of movies after that. You you had uh, Donnie Brasco that came out years later, and you know just just the number of films that Pacino was in subsequently after Scarface. It kind of like boosted up his career a little bit again. You know, because he was not. I'm not gonna say he was on the low. He was going down or anything, but it was just like a, a the, his production level stayed steady. And then after Scarface, it just went up again. Like his notoriety went up again. Yeah, and it's and, and you know now nowadays like everything is so. Like, it's not the same like it used to be. Like, we have movies like Revenge of the Nerds, and we had everything is so, like, PC now, and everything, we're, we're like, in a woke society now. Now, yes. like, if, if it's somebody who's playing a Hispanic role, I think they would get they would get shitted on for it. Like, why is he playing a Hispanic role? Why you can't get a Hispanic actor to play that? Like, back in the days now, Al Pacino playing a Cuban, nobody pretty much bat an eye on that. Like, everybody's like, okay, you know? And- and that's the, and now we're getting into my biggest beef of it all. Right? Oh, okay, what's your biggest beef? Al Pacino did a terrible job as a Hispanic actor. <laughs> <laughs> as a Hispanic, his role as a Hispanic is terrible. <laughs> I mean, a whole bunch of people will disagree with me, but that's just my opinion. He was terrible in this film, as yeah. far as the way he acted, as the way he portrayed a Latino male. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. His accent was terrible. It was over the top. I mean, it, it was, it was kind of like watching like blackface Sambo. You know, it yeah. was kind of like, and like looking at it now, like the the the, the Latino, the proud Latino I am now. I'm like, coño, that's how you see us. <laughs> that's how you see. That's how you see my Cuban cousins. We they don't act like that. We don't act like that. It was just so embellished. Yeah. Like I feel like I feel like there were Latino actors at the time that could have possibly played uh, Tony Montana. One was too young, maybe Jimmy Smith was maybe a little too young. Yeah. But the guy I know for a fact would have killed that role would have been Raúl Julia. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. That's my opinion. So if you wanted, if you wanted a Hispanic actor, the great Raul Julia was available, he would have killed that role. Yeah. I don't, that's true, but, you know, was I, I, I've seen, like, for example, um, this is off the subject, but Jeffrey Wright played a great-ass Dominican in oh, Shaft. Oh, he, he peoples when he yes, peoples. Yes, yes. He played it you know, he, excellent. To tell, to tell you straight up, yeah. he, I, I didn't know Jeffrey Wright was black until somebody told me. I thought he was Dominican. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he did that thing, he was stabbing himself. Yep. He, you know, yo, he was... 
that's see, that's authentic because he wasn't over the top. Yep. You know what I'm saying? He like with the little subtle, like, I believe you so what he said, he said, Yo soy el Mayimbe. Yep. Yep. The you thing is saying? like little little subtle things like that. You could tell that Jeffrey Wright studied to play. Yeah, like he hung he like he hung out with Dominicans, like he hung out with some Spanish people in the Bronx, you know? Like he uh. like he really hung out with people, you know. As Pacino, like he did it, but the thing is we had no other way to compare it to because this was like mainstream, so it was just like okay, it's Al Pacino, so we're gonna give him that. But you know, then later on, Al Pacino played a Puerto Rican. <laughs> That's another story, though. And, and he did even worse. I don't know. That was even worse. <laughs> that right there, Carlito Brigante. He couldn't even say Maricón right. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maricón. Maricón. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Do you think? Do you think Pacino had like the hair down packed and like I don't know oh, the yeah, swagger? Yeah, yeah. Like, the look, the look yeah. he had it because yeah. you know Italians, Italians and Puerto Ricans. You know we don't fall too far from the same tree. They have a good mix. Yeah, you know what I'm saying in their DNA and their ancestry, their genealogy. But the the accent he couldn't get it off. Yeah, he was he was on the right path, but it was just too pronounced. Yeah, you know what I mean. Was, you could just tell you like that dude does not speak Spanish at all. I know, and you know he had a good cast. He had Stephen Bauer, Michelle Pfeiffer, F. Murray Abraham. Oh, you know, Robert, Robert Loggia. Yep. Um, my man from um, Breaking Bad, Mark Margolis, was in it. Yes, yes. Um, there were there were there were some people in there, man. That 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 cast was pretty talented. Michelle Pfeiffer, you said Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Stephen Bauer was incredible. Yeah. I mean, how did you how did you like F. Murray Abraham's <laughs> Latino role? <laughs> you see, you see how he played that. Yeah. That's how you play Latino. Yeah. But, when, 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 I got something for you. Go, <laughs> I like the way he yeah. said that. Yeah. Yeah. When when he and Tony when he and Tony were were arguing when he was giving Tony the job by the food truck. Yeah. And he was like, "You think we couldn't have got nobody else here to bring up fifty bucks?" Yeah. <laughs> you see that right there? That to me, he was going for his as a Latino. Yeah. You know, well, Pacino was like, "I don't count all out." Like too, it was too much. It was over the top. Yeah. And that and. And like, and I'm not gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you right now. I didn't start feeling this way till like 2003, 2004 when I watched it. That I was older. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, Gonya, they still really played like a Spanish guy, the verdad. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it it just like that. And when I tell my friends that, my friends are like, Yo, are you crazy? Al Pacino is one of the greatest of all time. I'm like, there's no denying that. But for me and Scarface and and Calitos, he was just a little overrated. Yeah. That's yeah. all. I know, and then you know Stephen Bauer is also a great actor too. Like he doesn't really get a lot of love and respect like that because he's oh, he's no. done, he's done like you know he's also him and Mark Margolis also were in Breaking Bad, but like he's done yes. movies like he tried to have a career. He did like Thief yes. of Hearts and whatnot, but that he never. Yeah, Hearts. yeah, ex- oh my god, you actually seen that? Yeah, not a lot of people yeah, seen that. it. It's a really good movie. Yes. Romancing the women at the same time. Yes, yes, yes. That was that was a good movie. Yes, Barbara Williams. Yes, I remember. Oh my God! Yeah, like, it's like I think he tried. I think he almost almost like he tried to go like his own way, but it never. So, I don't know. Yeah, it never it never materialized for him. That's right. You know, but he was also good. He was a really good co-star with Al Pacino. Like the minute like 
Like their 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 chemistry together, their camaraderie together was really really on point. Like you know, I bought that they were best friends. I bought you know yes. I bought it all. You know. Yes, that on screen chemistry was definitely it was definitely telling. You could definitely see that these two were like best friends from school. Uh, you could see that. Yeah. They gave you that. They gave you that vibe that these two were brothers. Yeah. You know these two, the camaraderie they had on screen, it was just telling that off jump. And um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, when I re- um, I had gotten the Scarface 25th edition platinum uh, set for Christmas one year. Okay. And it was a two disc. It was a two disc special, and the first disc had uh, the the extra features that Brian De Palma and some of the cast they stayed on some island and they used coke to see the effects of it. Did you know that? No. Oh shit. That's a yeah. documentary. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a documentary on one of the discs in the 25th edition, and they talk about how they went to this island to try Yayo, <laughs> to see the effects of it, and to see how they could react off of it, so they could get a feeling of how it is to act when they're on it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, to emulate their their highness off of cocaine, which is crazy. Oh, shit, so who, who actually did it, though? All they all. It's, it, it's it's the cast. The oh star, wow! And they talk. It's really cool. Like I was in the, I was gonna watch it, but I couldn't find it because I have so many DVDs put away. Yeah. Because I wanted to watch it for reference for this film, but I couldn't for this uh, podcast. But I couldn't really find it. Yeah. But yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like they were like in the jungles. It was like a Caribbean island off the coast of South America, and they got lit up off coke and they were wild. <laughs> Oh shit! I think I don't. I, I don't. I, I didn't have the platinum one, but I think I had one where it came with the black and white Scarface. I think I yeah. had that one, but that one I couldn't really watch it. I was just like, ah, I'm so stuck on this one. But you know how many times they they talk about they're gonna remake this movie and and Cuban Links is gonna do this movie and all this oh, other no, stuff. Please, no, please, no, no. <laughs> oh my god! No, this, this is a movie. This is a movie that you don't touch. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like we we've had Hollywood do that a couple times and fail miserably. And this is one of those projects they shouldn't touch. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Even though they did like a sort of, I never played the game, but they did like a sequel to it in the video game yes. format, right? Have you played that? Yes. I have not played it. I've seen it, but I never played that game. Oh, Okay. And I remember, like, even when I was living in New York, Scarface was getting kind of big because they were showing, like, they like the video games. They were having the action figures, the toys of it. It was like, oh, snap. Yeah. Like, you know, Scarface yeah, toys. It was, it was, it, it, yeah, it made a nice little bounce back. It did. It did because, you know, it, it resonates in, in pop culture in the hood as it goes around in circles and the new generation touches it and it affects them differently. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just with, with, with Scarface was so groundbreaking. It was just like... Yeah. For some, for some, for certain kids in our generation, they saw it as a playbook as to how to, as to try to get into that drug business. You know. Yeah. Like, for me, my dad was a drug dealer, bro. So. Oh, wow. I saw. I saw. Like when and when I say a drug dealer, my dad. You know, I'm gonna put it in quotes. My dad was a very successful drug dealer when I was a kid. He, yeah. Like my father. Yeah, my father made millions and millions of dollars when he was when when we when I was a kid. Oh like, sure. We, yeah, yeah, like, we had houses all over Puerto Rico, we we had our own driver, we would go on vacation, my father would bring a chauffeur, I mean, like, seriously, like, my father had money, so my father did these things, and, like, I saw the, from a very early age, I saw the negative impact the drug game could have on people, and through life experiences that I've had on my own, like, like for example, um, uh, when I was 11 years old, my dad had three apartments in the same building, right? Yeah. 
one apartment was the family where we lived. That was our, and then he had another apartment. You know, my dad, my dad made money. My dad had his own little apartment where he took his side pieces in the same building. Oh my God. <laughs> that goes to show you when you get money, you think you do whatever you want. Wow. And, and then on the, on the, on the fourth floor, my dad had his stash spot. Wow. That's where he, you know, that's where he weighed his drugs, measured everything, did what he did to, for distribution. <laughs> So on this one Friday night, we're going to go out for dinner because my mother didn't cook on Fridays. So we're mm-hmm. going to go out to the steakhouse, Flaming Embers on 86 and 3rd Avenue. I know you remember that. Yeah, place. yeah. That was our spot. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're, we're getting ready to go. And then my dad says, I forgot the money. I got to go upstairs to get it. My mother never, he never goes to the stash apartment. Right. On this night, she decided, let's go. We all going up. So on our way up, it was a fifth floor walk up. So on our way up to the apartment, we walked to, but you know, the tenement buildings, you pass the stairs to get to your apartment. So when we passed the stairs going up to the fifth floor, some dudes rushed us and forced us into my dad's apartment. Oh, and one, yeah, one dude held us at gunpoint in the living room with a shotgun. And then the other dude was with my dad, robbing him in the stash room. So, yeah, so, you know, some stuff happened from that. But it was from at a very early age. I knew that that was not the life for me, bro. Yeah. How old? How old was you when that happened? I was eleven. I was eleven at 11? that time. Oh wow! And you remember it so vividly. That's crazy. Bro, clearly, yeah. I remember clearly because um, while the dude was pointing the shotgun at us in the living room, um, I was crying hysterically, and the man told my moms, "Si tú si tú no lo haces que se if you don't make him shut up, si tú no lo haces que se calle, yo voy a matar a todo el mundo aquí." Oh, when he said that that he was gonna kill everybody if I didn't shut up crying, stop crying, something came over me eat and I just stopped right there. Oh shit. Yeah, so like moments later, the dude that was in the room, my father comes out, he's like, I got the shit in Spanish, he's like, Tengo eso, vamono, vamono. They ran off and then my dad came out and he got pistol whipped, so oh. you know, he had blood on his forehead, like dripping down his face. Oh my god. Yeah, and then, you know, my father, his crew was outside, my father went outside, and, and then, um, you know, they ran the direction, the guys ran off in, and then, like, a few minutes later, this, yo, I, word to hand to God, bro, you hear, pow, 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 just gunshots, and then, about a half hour later, my father came back, and my father had his bag that the guy took. Holy shit. That's it's crazy, like you know when when you know condolences on your dad by the way. But like thank when you, you, thank you when your when your dad was around, did you ever talk to him about that when he was older, or that never came I, up? I, I, it never came up because that was something like that was a look that I saw in my father's eye that I never saw again. Mm-hmm. Like like that for the first time in my life, I was scared of my father. What? I didn't see my dad. You know, I saw somebody evil. Yeah, you know his whole like. His whole demeanor changed, and I could understand. Like looking back, hindsight now, looking back on it, yo, they threatened his family. Yeah, he did what he had to do. You know, like I don't know what happened. You know, I'm not gonna say and say my dad killed those people. Yeah, but but I just know that my father came back with his stuff, man. Wow. And my father was a little dude. My dad was only five three. Yeah. Oh shit. So you know, heart doesn't measure in height. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and that's just. A deterrent for me, like why I didn't see Scarface, you know, jump back into Scarface. Yeah, <laughs> why I didn't see Scarface as a hero, you know what I mean? Yeah, I knew from young that wasn't what I wanted to do. Man. I knew that. Wow, 
I'm saying I'm, 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 I appreciate you telling me your personal journey, but wow, I, I, I can I guess this is in a way that's why you like, you know, I, I've been through it. I've seen it. Like, I know what's going on. And this is not a Latino way to act, you know, like, say, yeah, so, like, well, oh, yeah sure. and it's not an impressive lifestyle either. Yeah, it's that too. To glorify, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because you're dealing in the business of destruction and death. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, that's what you're doing. You're killing people slowly. Yeah. You know, and then, and then that that's not like, it's not like Microsoft is competing with Apple. There's no, you know, the hostile takeovers is killing people in that game <laughs> yeah we're not dealing with computer chips and, and, and hardware you know what i'm saying i know right dealing with emotions people's lives money and lives. like you know yeah. trust and loyalty there's a lot of things going on especially in that movie because like he was already i think he was already you know gun ho from the beginning ever since you know he knifed the dude up in the fucking jail thing like he was already yeah. like nuts in the head already i think you know i think having money and being involved in drugs really brought that to the forefront and brought that out yes yes and him and him getting more money gave him the sense of invincibility yeah this is you know scarface is a tragic tale of the meteoric rise and fall of a man with a dream Mm -hmm. and and what happens is they get drunk with this power and with the money that they lose sight of their end game and scarface is a perfect example of that like, you know, have an end game. Yeah. Because if you think about it, at the end, yo, that dude had a mansion, he had a fleet of cars, he had everything you could possibly want in a material sense, but he wasn't satisfied. Yeah. He wanted everything. Yeah, he, like he said, he wanted the world and everything in it. And, and you everything know, in it. Yep. And everything in it. And his relationships that he had, you know, the, the most solid one yeah. was with Manolo. Yeah. Yeah, that was the realest you know what I'm one. Saying? Yeah, everyone. That was the realest one. That was the most sincere friend he had. Mm-hmm. And his anger and his resentment toward anybody being with his sister yeah. ruined that. His yeah. loyalty to his family ruined, ruined that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That was like the downfall. The minute... He, you know, wasted my nose. That was it. That was it. Yeah. Spoiler alert, but I figure everybody who hasn't seen this film in 83, you should have been watching this already. But, yeah. Seriously. You know? But, you know, I think that was his downfall. And um, the the, the, the the Spanish mother, I forgot her name. She's a, She's been an actor for a long time. Yes. Uh, yes. He, um, um, oof. Miriam. Um, what is it? Her name is Miriam. Miriam. Yeah. Miriam. Miriam Colón. Yeah, Miriam Colón. Yeah, she's done a lot of movies. And, like, if you see her back in the days for black and white pictures, she was a very pretty woman. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, rest in peace to her. She passed away March 3rd, 2017. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and she's also the founder of the of the Puerto Rican Traveling Theater in New York. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. You know, she was she's, a... She's, you know, she's Puerto Rican um, theater royalty, man. Yeah. She... royalty. That, that lady is really, like... You know, revered in Puerto Rico, man. Yeah, she gave that film a really like a nice. You know, her she didn't really have a major role, but no, she like she was right there with Pacino, man. She was like right there Oof. with him, you know. That scene in the kitchen. Yes, yes. When she was when she was letting him know what kind of son he's been. Yep. And how and and how long they hadn't heard from him, and then he just shows up, and the, the, that that whole monologue, the mother's like, "You show up here with your jailhouse manners." 
and your expensive clothes yeah. and you throw your money around. That was that was the embodiment of all Latina moms mm -hmm. that whose children took on that life. Yep, exactly. You know, the disgust, the angst. Mm -hmm. You know, she she that was personal for her. You know, I feel I feel like Miriam may have drawn something from that to give that monologue because it was so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, you know, and it, it's like that with a lot of, like, I don't know, I, I can't say for a lot, but it's like, I know, like, if my mom, if I was to do something, bring money, whatever, like, all right, where you get this money from? Like, how did you get this? Yeah. Like, you know, like, she, she, she gave a fuck, you know, like, you know, exactly. you know, nowadays people are like, oh, you got that money for me? Okay, that's great. But now it's like, at that time, it's like, okay, how did you get this money? And what did you mm -hmm. do to get it? You know? Mm-hmm. Like it's just it was it was just so poetic the way she said it it was just so like yeah. you know and his you know like you know what always bugged me about the movie even watching it now his relationship with his sister like it was like it wasn't that they had like incest or nothing like that but the way he I don't know like thank you right well, I saw that too yeah I saw that too I didn't really want to touch on that because I I, I didn't really know if I was the only one that felt that way but you absolutely right he, yeah a hundred percent man one hundred percent. He had, there was some funny, it was something funny feeling-wise here. Yes. Because yeah. he was too protective, you know? It was yes. too protective. Yes. Almost like if they did something, like, it's not like, I don't think it's implied, but it's just like, right. there's a subtle, I don't know if that's the way his mindset was, or her mindset was, but it was just like yeah. something was there. He protecting them from the dad or something? Yes. You don't know that whole backstory, yes. you know what I'm saying? I feel like the Palmer left us wanting a little bit more on that side of Tony, on the personal side of Tony. Yes. We, ne we never really got to know Tony Montana, the character. We only got to see the guy that came from Cuba. We didn't know, like, what it was that he went through and why he was in jail to begin yep. with in Cuba. And, 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 then, and then, you know how he, they um talk about his dad, like, um, not, our dad never did nothing for us. Like, you know, he never did, like, yeah. he, he said that to his sister. Like, they never, I don't know, I think there was more to it. He was like, you know, he never did nothing for us. He never was a father, something like that, you know? Yeah, and then and then in immigration, in INS, in the beginning of the movie, he was telling his father he that his, he was telling the INS that his father was American, that he learned to, that he learned, not, not his father was American, that his father spoke English and his father took him to the movies and that's how he learned Spanish. Yeah. So, so like, that father role for Tony Montana's character is definitely absent and not there. And he probably felt the responsibility of being the man of his family or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of layers in the film where um, Al Pacino played the character. Like, he played it tragic. Like, like you kind of, like, not that you felt bad for him, but, like, you know, for him to go through the things that he went through, he became the person that he was in the film. Like, whatever yep. ca whatever character moments he had, being in jail, dealing with all this stuff, he had to do that to survive. And, like, he never he never changed. Like, even Manolo was, like, a certain way, but he wasn't like yep. that. He was still yep. he still had his soul. Like, his soul yep. was lost. Like, I think after he did he stayed, his... Yeah, he stayed intact. Like, like, like you're right. Um... <laughs> uh... Montana had demons. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a crazy play on what you say. You're absolutely right. You like as you say it, I'm wrapping my mind around it, and I'm seeing everything play itself out. Like as you were saying that, yeah, as you were describing his what he could have been going through, I could see that in in different scenes the way he was. Yes, and where where whereas whereas uh, Manolo wasn't as conflicted. Yep. And then, and then, like, you notice also in the scenes, what I like about the Palma, like, the triggers when he gets mad, you hear that, 
yes, 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 yes. Yeah, when they're in the car and he's like, oh, Gina's beautiful. She's not for you. Yeah. Right before that, that thing came on, you're absolutely right. Yep. The, the Palmer had that nice, subtle touch with that. Yeah. That, you know, uh-oh, he was about to flip. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the the there was it was triggers and everything. Like even him working with Lopez, and then mm-hmm. um um at, at the at the club, and you know the way he got Elvira is like what the fuck, yes. you know, like yes. you know it's just like so yes. funny. <laughs> then he goes down to the pool. He's like, you know, Frank is finished. Yep. I'm like what? You tell her you about to kill Elvira? Yep. Crazy, he's crazy. But but that it to. to to make it the way he made it, I guess he had to be that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He had to. He, you know, in the in that game, when you wanna when you wanna reach the pinnacle, you you have to be. Uh, how do you say it? Uh, not sadistic, but you you have to be cruel in some way. You you can't have any regard for life because they're gonna run all over you. And I think, and I think in a sense, that's how Tony was thinking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah, it's only like he was just like I'm saying like I'm trying to wrap my head around like the whole like his whole demeanor was like sadistic, but it was like he had a heart, you know. It was just yes, it was just weird. Like he had a heart for the people that he loved. He had a heart for his mom, even though like his mom hated his guts. It is heart yes. for his sister, Elvira, and and um Manolo. But then it's like if you cross him, like you know, like he didn't give a fuck when he saw his sister. Like it, it almost like like for example, the dance scene where she was doing coke with that guy. He, like you can't tell if he either. Like, you know, he was mad that she was doing coke, but it was almost like a jealousy in a way that someone else is touching his sister, too. I'm yes. like, what the freak? You know? like Yes. Yes. The look in his eyes yes. and everything. It was it was creepy. It really was creepy. Like, the look, the, the, the affection he had for his sister was borderline incestual. Yes. Yes. It was and, so- and, you know, like, like, like you mentioned earlier, the, the cast in this is fantastic. When you look through the cast and you see all the actors that have been in this movie and the parts they played, even even from a small part like uh, in the club, Richard Belzer was in the Yes, club. yes, that's right, Richard Belzer, yep. Mr. Stand up there. Yep, Detective like, Munch, right, right. yep. Yeah, <laughs> yep. you know what I'm saying? This dude is an accomplished actor. What, what show is he on? It's not Law & Order, is it? Yeah, it was Law & Order uh, SVU. He was on it for a SVU. while. Yeah. And he was on it for like 20 plus years. Yep, with that same character from Homicide. Yeah. Detective Munch, yeah. Mm. And yeah. and this guy had a bit part in Scarface doing a stand-up routine. Yeah. And, I, and it's just little <laughs> things like that, the, the gems and, and and how this gave us the story of the American dream in the hood. Yeah. You know, that, that it's what it eventually materialized to become. So I have a question for you, E. Yeah. What is your favorite scene in this movie, and why? Oh, I think it's going to be the pretty obvious scene. Say hello to my little friend! I think that that scene alone, you know, like, it's just, like, I don't know, like, he got the power of the coke, and he was just going nuts, and it was just like, you know, you fucking with me? You fucking with the best! You know, like, I think just him just going balls out to the wall, like, I actually thought he was going to survive this shit. I was like, oh, shit! You know what I'm saying? Like, me too, I thought he was good. (laughs) Yep. I was like, wow, he's getting shot, he's taking those bullets, he's eating it. I'm like, oh shit. You know, but I think 
I, I don't know. Like for me, like when you say tell me your favorite scene, that's the first thing that comes to mind. You know, like gotcha. you know. But like if I think about it logically, I, I, you know what? I still think that's like my favorite scene. I just like him just making that comeback after he lost everything. He lost his sister. He lost Manolo. Like it hits him there because when he's on the chair, he's like, oh shit, Manolo. Like you know, like for for a brief second. He has emotions, like, he was thinking about Manolo, like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. I never remember that. He was just thinking about him. He had like, a moment fuck. of clarity. That's yes. Right. That's right. Yes. You know? So, it was like, like, he just came to the realization, like, I fucked up. Like, shit, you know? And we all fucked up in our time. So, like, I think about that, like, you know how sometimes you have a, a clarity of moment, like, oh, shit, I can't believe I did that. Like, I can't believe I, I that, right. you know? And it just hit him. He was just like, fuck it. You know, I got nothing to lose now. Like, I lost everything. So, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go balls to the wall. And then I'm going to just take out what I can. I know I'm going to die here. But I'm going to do what I can. You know? And he just right. went out in a blaze of glory. You know? Not the, not, not the way. I, will, I, I don't want to go out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> but but just seeing that from everything he went through, it was the appropriate manner for him to go out, I think. Right, right. You know, the, the, like they say, uh, you, you reap what you sow. And yes. He had reached his limit. He made what he made. He made it to the top. And, you know, your yeah. ascension was quick, but so was your descension, too. You go down as fast as the way you go up. So, especially yeah. in that game, too. Yeah. What was your favorite scene? Well, it, for me, my, my favorite scene, it was more like a, a, a sequence of scenes. Okay. It was from, um, from when the moment um, Frank Lopez put the hit out on Tony. Yeah. How it all drew out from that shootout at the Babylon Club. Mm. And from him, you know, barely escaping with his life and the music, the <laughs> and him running out and jumping in his Porsche and taking off yeah. and going to his man's all shot up and then setting it up like, yo, you're going to call him at this time. What are you going to say to him? He's like, we, we, he got away. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you on a call at three o'clock. So boom, they're at Frank Lopez's office. Yeah. And he walks in all shot up in Frank Lopez's face. Robert, and that's one thing I want to say. A lot of people don't give my man Robert Loggia, I mean, he rest in peace, crazy credit for this movie. He killed that role too as Frank Lopez. Yeah. He was incredible as a Latino too. Really? Him okay. And F, yeah, to me, at least in my eyes. Yeah. And him and F. Murray Abraham put on a better role as a Latino than Pacino in my eyes. Oh, wow. But okay. Just a matter of opinion. It's subjective. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. You're right, you're right. <laughs> but that that sequence of scenes from the shootout to the dealership in, in Frank Lopez's office and when they go at it with the police, with the cop, Satterbomb and Lopez and then he gives him the whole spiel and then he's like, I'm not going to shoot you. He's like, oh, thank you, Tony. He's like, Manolo, shoot this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And then it ends off with the with Ernie in the background, the bodyguard, drinking, shaking. He's like, yo, Ernie, you want a job? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Like, thank you, Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, he was shaking, drinking the bottle. It was crazy. Oh. But that, for me, that's my favorite sequence of scenes, you know, just how, how that built up. Yeah. I don't... Then, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. And then how inevitable that was leading up to be because a few scenes before that, they got into the argument about who's boss. Yeah. Wow. So that, that's what I like. Uh, you know, I like that sequence of scenes. For me, it was really, really, really interesting. And also another good scene was when, remember when they started to make the money and it was like, push it to the limits. Oh, yeah. yeah. The car, all yep. the money. He's buying tigers. He's got houses. Yeah. I mean, that, that's him achieving. You know what I'm saying? You would think 
like clear-minded people like yourself and myself, when we put money like that in the bank and we bought those houses and those stuff, I think it's time to quit, yo. Yeah, right. What are you <laughs> right? Just leave it at that, right? But think about it. At that time, I guess it was like different times. It's like what the mm-hmm. like we, there wasn't really technology like that. So like, what the hell right. would they would have bought? Like, like I think didn't Mike Tyson bought a tiger before too or some shit? When he yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Money? Mike Tyson owned a tiger. Yep. Yeah. You know, so it was just like he bought his sister the beauty shop. You know, like he he, like I don't know, like what he did for his. I think his mother didn't want shit from him. I don't know. He didn't want anything. He just he just gave her the money and told you to give her a little bit at a time. Yep. And then also too, I don't know if you remember back in the eighties, bro. There was some there was some dude in the Bronx that was inspired by Tony Montana. Of course, a lot of people were inspired by Tony Montana, as we mentioned when we started the podcast. Yeah. But uh. There was this guy that in the Bronx, he made millions of dollars and he was, uh, he put up fronts like fake sneaker stores, fake uh, <laughs> travel agencies. Oh, shit. Yeah, and, and his, and his uh, stores were called Montana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. How long ago was this? I don't even remember that. We, we were kids. We were maybe like 14, 15 years old. It was maybe like 89, 90 when this happened. I remember reading it in the paper. This dude was inspired by Tony Montana, and he named all his uh, his fronts Montana, like Montana Realty, <laughs> Montana Sneaker Store. <laughs> of course, somebody's gonna do some shit like that. Did you ever hear about the story why I think somebody won the lotto? They bought like a glass chair or some shit. Oh, no, or some shit like that. No. But yeah, some made a chair made out of glass. I'm like, what the fuck, you know? But people, I don't know people who got money and they'll just go do some like random crazy things, you know, like just yeah, weird shit. It's just, you know? That's a problem. That's a problem that we don't have. But for yeah. some people, it's a good problem, you know. Uh, you know. I don't really need much, yeah. so <laughs> I don't need to be uh, a billionaire or nothing like that. You know, yeah. I just—it yeah. just, it all depends on the person. You know, what, yeah. what you want, what you aspire. Yeah. Um. Another question. Um. I, I didn't even get to mention this. Um. What do you What did you think about Michelle Pfeiffer as Elvira in the movie? Like, how do you thought her acting was? Uh, you know, she was. Um. Actually, she was fresh off of Grease too. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, so she went from Grease 2 to Scarface? Oh, shit. I believe yeah. so. I believe so. Or either one or the other. So yeah. she was really young and up and coming at the time, right? Yeah. Like, I hadn't really seen her very much. I thought she did pretty good. You yeah. Know? Um, for the role that she was given, she was basically a, 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 a floozy. Yeah. That was um, a trophy wife, essentially. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And she, you know, she fit that 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 role, you know, blonde hair, blue eye, white girl, pretty girl, model looks, and she was with that guy with the money that had the nice cars and everything. Yeah. I think she did a fantastic job. Like, um, the scene of her and Tony on the dance floor, like when he first meets her and they're dancing, <laughs> they're like, "That's how I like a baby talk to me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That that that's a that's a good scene right there. I know. He wasn't even dancing. It looked like he had an itch in his pants. Like he was just jumping he up. Was and doing, down. If you if you look at it, he's doing the Donald Trump dance. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he did the same dance. Like, he didn't even dance in Carlito's way. I'm trying to think. Like, he, no. were, he was in the dance floor, too. Like, I don't no. think he danced at all. He was just standing. He was doing the, the bop. Yep. Uh, up and down with the knees. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, but this movie had so many different impacts. And, oh, I forgot to talk about it. Like, it's, it's not, like, a favorite scene, but the fucking um, um, shower scene with the chainsaw and all that. Oh, you know? That, that, you know, when you asked, like, that was second. That's like my second favorite scene. That whole negotiation. That's when um his boy gets sliced up right yeah. in the shower. 
Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And real fun fact, um, Big Pun sampled that part when uh, with the chainsaw that he turns to Tony Montana and goes, Ahora tu! Yeah. <laughs> and he goes to cut him with the chainsaw, a song <laughs> called Leatherface. <laughs> and that guy, the, yeah, the guy with the chainsaw is in um, Carlito's Way too. He's the one that's... Yes, he, he was. He was, the, he was yep. the boss. He was his boss in Carlito's yep. Way. Yep. Oh, man, I forgot I forgot his name, though, but, yeah. And Chi-Chi was in it, too. Yep, Chi-Chi, yep. The <laughs> Chi-Chi. Oh, man, see, like, it has so many, like, it, like, like, I don't know, like, like, Scarface connects to, like, Carlito's way with, like, the actors and, like, the Latino thing in so many different ways, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It's, it's a movie that's gonna stick forever in our culture because of its content and the, how it related to the people in our neighborhoods at the time, you know what I'm saying? It was really impactful in the sense that it's like, for some, this could be a guy to make it in the game, and for others, this is a guy to survive being and stay away from the game, you know yep. what I'm saying? It, depending, depending on what side of the tracks you were on, this was either a warning, or this was either a career-improving video yep. or something. I, I don't know what to call it, yep. but... It could either take you two ways. It was two. It was two. Definitely, two. De- uh, how do I say it? Two audiences. Definitely. Yeah, and also like, so I think to me, like the ultimate match was like when Tony met Sosa. Like him seeing a guy who was just like him, but who's level-headed, who's calculating, and he thinks. Mm-hmm. You know, he was told mm-hmm. the total opposite of Tony. But I think yes. Tony could have had the, the potential to be like that if he wasn't so, like, like a grunt, like, so hooked on drugs and, and didn't give a yep. fuck. You know, I think it was, like, the polar opposite when Tony was with him. And you see how his mannerisms, when like he was just sitting there and, like... You know, he didn't know what to do with the... With, with, like, he was eating the lemon. Like, he didn't know, like, yeah, what to do with it. It's to wash his hands. Yes, exactly. Hands. You know, he was such a... Like, a, like he didn't know. He was just like... Oh, he, was was... he was definitely a brute. He was an absolute brute. Yes. With no culture. Yes. He was not civilized. You know, this this was a guy that you could tell had a rough background. Yes. And and, and, and like you said, Sosa was the polar opposite. Sosa was educated in England. Yep. He came from money. You know? Yeah, and in a sense, and in a sense, it showed you. It, you know, if you think about it, like, like let, let's think about it now, and let's go back in retrospect and hindsight, and, and you think how educated and ruthless and devilish Sosa was, and Tony Montana had the same like level of of gusto as far as like violence and things like that. Yeah, but he wasn't, but he wasn't as ruthless. Yeah, whereas the women and children. Yeah. Tony Montana had that. Although he wasn't educated and he wasn't cultured, he had a code of ethics that this dude Sosa had no regard for. Yep, about the women Especially and children. Especially when it came yeah. to protecting their interests. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, it's like they each one has something that the other one could have could have used. You know, like yep. Tony wasn't ruthless like that, but he was just ruthless <laughs> in other ways. Like he, like he, like he was just fucked up in the head in like so many different ways. And Sosa. Sosa was just cold and calculating and didn't care. He had no worries in the yes. world. You notice that it was he he was an island to himself. You know he was yeah, just yeah. He himself. He had his own spot. You know? he had his own spot. He was secluded from the world. And another thing that he did too, that what we don't understand is that for for Sosa there was no such thing as collateral damage. It was at all costs, whatever. Though it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? We'll we'll make up for it. Tony Montana. You know what I'm saying? He didn't grow up with a mom. 
You know what I'm saying? So for him, the women and children thing, that was a that was a very big thing for him because that's the only way he could stay human. You know what I mean? Yeah. In his eyes, that was the only way that could keep him from being human. No, I didn't kill no women, no kids. His thing is he didn't want to he didn't want to involve civilians in anything. If you keep away from killing regular people that weren't in the game, he'll be he'll be happy to do that. Where I was like, yo, you gotta blow that spot up, blow that whole building up. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and also, this movie has the most curse, the most times fuck has been used. I think 226 times the word fuck has been used in this movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People could look that up. I believe the fuck has been used 226 times. I don't know. Probably somebody did a YouTube video of all the times somebody said fuck in that movie because fuck wow. has been used a lot in that movie. <laughs> it, it really, yeah, it really was used a lot in that movie. You know, I think and I remember like I like going back. I remember actually seeing this movie on Showtime, and they had an intermission. I remember that. Like, it, yes. like I remember like Showtime yes. intermission, five minutes, run to the bathroom, take a shit, yes. come back out. I remember they used to do that. Like they did that in movie theaters. But I remember actually watching this movie like on Showtime Channel H when it was in the old school H. boxes. Yep, on the boxes, the yes. black boxes with the silver dial. Yes. Oh my god. And and HBO was I. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then I remember like it was like all right, five minutes, go to the bathroom. You know, like they they they'll have like the countdown. You know, yeah. to go to the bathroom, they'll yeah, start I again. That. I do remember that. You know, like nowadays, you know, you don't play a three-hour movie or four-hour movie, but like back then, it was just like I remember, like yeah. it was at the intermission, even in the movie theater. I think in Cosmos they had that too back in the days on One Sixteen, and, and yeah, I remember the Cosmos great yeah. movie theater, great yep. movie theater in East Harlem, <laughs> yep, East Harlem, New York City, yep. Oh man, three dollars see two movies. Sticky, put your popcorn on the floor. The rat to eat your popcorn. Yep, sticky, the sticky, <laughs> the sticky floor. You hear the sticky floor that shaggy. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You smell nothing but Buddha in there. You yeah. smell nothing but weed in there. Oh my god. The I remember seeing no, like <laughs> a Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Masters of the wow. Universe. Um, I saw Masters of the Universe there. Yep. Oh my god. I saw Conan the Barbarian there. I saw Chud there. Yep. And the thing is, you know what it is? It's, it's so funny because like back then. You wouldn't even take a kid to see those type of movies, but like there was no there was no filters, there was no PC back then. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I remember, I used to watch movies like when my mom would get like an erection, like I see a like a sexy, like oh shit, I'm, my, dick, my dick's getting hard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like what the, the first time that shit happened to me was watching cat people with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, cat people! Oh my god. <laughs> oh shit. For real, but but you're right though. It wasn't PC. It wasn't like like yeah. parents didn't really pay attention to the PGR and NC17 stuff like that. We watch movies. We yes. watch movies with our parents. I know, and it was like you know you just watch it. Like okay, that's just what it is. I remember even yeah. seeing like Police Academy as a kid, yeah. and it's like so raunchy or, or Revenge yeah. of the Nerds, you know. If you think about it, Revenge of the Nerds, like, if you think about, like, the certain scenes, it, they promoted, like, like rape almost. Not, like, rape, but, like, you know, the guy was eating her out in a Darth Vader mask, you know? <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't fucking Lewis. It was, no, it was Lewis eating her out, and she thought it was Stan. <laughs> it was like, yeah, in the, in the moon, right? Yeah. Do it on the yeah. <laughs> Going off the subject, my bad, but I just had to say that. Like, oh, my God. You're good, because... Because this all relates, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It all relates to the to the rating in the NC-17 and the content. And to jump back into Scarface, surprisingly, with all the violence and everything, no no sex scenes. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Not even, yeah. You're right. There's no sex scenes. 
Oh shit! Not even, not even boobs, right? They're boobs. No, no I don't think. I think maybe, maybe we might get some. No, Michelle Pfeiffer was nipping. I think she was nipping, but like you didn't see nothing. Like her, her, her nipples were hard, and like a, she had a, a dress on. I think I'm not sure. Right. I gotta remember that. Yeah, that, but how the, there's no sex scenes, hardly any nudity. Wow, the, that's right. The closest right. you got to nudity was the the bathing suits on the beach. Yes, yes, that was it. Oh my God, you're right. There wasn't. It was just the violence and the drugs. That violence, was it. Ultra violent, super drug use. <laughs> wow. Yes, big time drug use, man. I didn't know. I didn't know what cocaine was till like watching this movie and then like getting into the real world and having people do cocaine is like holy shit. You know, it's not like yeah. the movies. You know, people get hooked on this shit. It's not like the fucking movies. And then, and then I don't know if you felt the same way I did, but like I couldn't like I couldn't really understand. Like, my people's obsession with Scarface. Like, I really didn't get that growing up. Yeah, like, I, I did it, but I, I think, you know, not to put a stigma, but I think it's people who wanted to be successful. Either they were trying to sing, like, either they wanted to be a rapper or be some kind, some type of way. I think it was just, like you said, the money and just having, you know, having everything be accessible to you was like an influence right. for them it wasn't an influence for me like i didn't i was like oh my god i want to be like tony montana i never even bought the toys i never even bought the game but yeah. i don't know i guess it you know what it is like you said it hits everybody differently i think people who are in that type of field or probably not in that type of field singing or or, or, or a ball player or something somebody who wants to strive to be number one i could see how that could influence somebody because like he was like number one in that game so like people gotcha. be influenced by that but i don't know I, it, it just didn't do it for me i just liked the movie you know like i really liked the right. movie but it wasn't an inspiration though in my case but, like even in your situation how you was talking about your father like you know i don't think it was a inspiration for you but you just seen it like all right this is not this is not cool, you know? Like, you could have went... No, absolutely. Yeah, you could have went in that direction, but, you know, I don't know if you did or not, but you didn't go in that direction, you know? Yeah, no, nah, I didn't. I, I didn't. Like, and I, had, and I had chances to, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I could have, like, taken over, like, the family thing, and it was just in 1988, um, my cousins were killed in a... Like, they were killed. They were locked in a house and set on fire. Oh, oh my God. And, um... Yeah, they, they were burned to death in 1988, and that was the end. That was it. Like, my father had just come home from prison. My father got arrested in 1987. Yeah. Well, in 1986, and then he was convicted in 1987, and then he served a couple of years in prison. And then when he came home from prison, like, a month after him touching down, his nephews get killed, my cousins get killed. Oh, and it was all, it was a, yeah, it was a territory dispute. And... My cousins were the victims, and they got killed. It's crazy. It made the newspaper and everything. It was on the news and everything. Holy shit, man! If you you could search 1988 Camacho Brothers death spot, uh, fire death, uh, death in a fire, you could look it up on 109th Street in the 80s in 1988, and yeah, they died in the fire. Yo, it was, that that was that took like we like, bro. My family sold mad drugs, bro. It's yeah. crazy. Like mad drugs, bro. And um, we went. We were like at a certain level. And when my cousins died, that it just all went to it all went to shit, bro. Oh man, dude! Like I can't believe you didn't even fall in that direction. Like it's just yeah. crazy. Like you know, like you you know, living the straight and narrow, and you had all these accessibilities, and you know, like seriously. 
Wow. It's just, it's just, you know what it is? It's just the negative that I saw, the impact that it had. Like, you know, the, the story I told you, going yeah. upstairs and being yeah. at Gump. That's just one. That happened to me a couple times. That wasn't the first time that happened to me. What? Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, like, it, it, I, I was in a few different situations that I shouldn't have been. But, you know, time and place mm -hmm. was just not right. And, uh, you know, that, it just took little things like that for me to know that that's not what I wanted to do. You know, and my mom always told me too. She always used to tell me, she's like, don't think you're gonna do what your father does. Yeah. You know, my mom, my mom was, my mom was dignified like that, and my father wouldn't have had it that way either. My father wasn't selling drugs for me to sell drugs. You know, that's one thing, and that's one thing he always said. Like, don't think I did this for you to take over for me. I never intended for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I went the way that I went, and it ended with me, and that's it. It wasn't gonna go to you. My father, my, I don't think my dad would have had any of it. I think I'd be dead right now. My parents would have killed me. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's just, it's crazy, man. It's crazy how, yeah, yeah. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, living where I'm at now, it's just like, it's a totally different lifestyle. But it's like, I think people who don't live in the hood don't really get, like, living in the hood. Like, living in, like... You know, like going to a corner store or like right. seeing chicken bones in the floor and garbage in the floor and like people care about miles that all over the place. Yeah, you know, it's 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 like a different life, man. And then you know, walking walking around the streets, like I, I do miss it though. I miss like friends in the area. I just miss seeing the area. You know, like you know, yeah. New York always has a special place in my heart, but it's just so fucking expensive, man. It's just too much. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and the quality of life in New York is garbage, man. Yeah. Like, I know out there, you know, Wisconsin, you know, you got land, you have, you know, fresh air, mm -hmm. you got the country, you know, you got places that you could go in the summer, in the winter. Yeah. New York has that too, but New York is too many people, man. That's the thing for me, too many people. Yeah. You know, like, like, like when I was young, I loved it. I loved the crowds. I loved the lure of the city. I loved going to the village. I loved being down at St. Mark's Place. I loved going to Times Square. I loved being at 14th Street. I loved doing all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But then when you get older, we slow down a little bit. And the, it just gets younger and younger. You know, I just go out there. I can't be out there till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I know that's when you got to call it quits. Like, okay, you know, I can't compete no more, you know? Yeah, but I... But our home city is definitely second to none, and, and I miss it. Like I live close to it, and I miss it. Yeah. You know, so I can ima I can imagine you how much you miss it. You must really miss it. If I miss it, I know you miss it. Yeah. So, so with that being said, you know, like like growing up where we grew up, a lot of people wouldn't understand this e and wouldn't understand how it is we could survive wherever it is we go. And yeah. It's because of where we come from. Yeah, that's true. It's like you just adapt, and you just you know. You know, you just gotta not be part of it, but like you know, you just you just adapt. You do what you gotta do, you know, and and like you know, I, I went there. It was the last year for my to visit my mom for like Thanksgiving, and there's a lot of things that changed about it. Like it was like they have like charging ports and buses, and all. I was like, what the hell? You know, it's like like it was just so weird. I, I, I like I felt like a dude coming out of jail going back to the city. I just like, oh my god, everything is so different, you know. <laughs> That's why I, I, I society. Yeah, I was like, this is what a guy from jail comes out of comes out and it feels like because everything has changed. It's like wow, you know, yeah, certain stores are closed, certain new buildings are up. You're like, what the hell's happened, you know? But, yeah, man, it's 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 changing and it's and the change is not the change is not something that our people are 
like uh happy about because these changes are bumping them out of the neighborhoods that they grew up in for generations man yeah and that's the sad part but you know that that's what it is and we are where we are the neighborhood we grew up in made us who we are seeing what we've seen and lived the way we've lived man and yo i cannot i can't take anything back man every everything i've been through in life growing up in east harlem it's a life lesson, man, and it helped me mold me to the person I am today and where I am. So I can't, you know, I could be, I could be worse off as some of our friends are. I know you got some friends that aren't doing so well. I have friends that aren't doing well. Yeah, yeah. So you know, luckily for us, we avoided that life. Yeah. And we're doing something a little more productive, so to speak. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. But you know, that's that's love for El Barrio, Spanish Harlem, as they say. You know. For real. For real. Seriously. Um. Going on the Scarface, um, let's give it, let's let's do our rankings on it. Uh, out of uh, one star to four stars, how do you rank Scarface and why you give it those stars? Um, I give Scarface a three and a half uh, because the story, the rise and the fall of an incredible character, a real dynamic character with some wild, how do I say it, backstory that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And to see his elevation from, uh, like Drake said, from the bottom to the top, the ascension is incredible, and it's and it's it's something of persistence. I love it. The only reason why I didn't give it four stars is, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not a big fan of Pacino's Spanish acting, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> overall, three and a half stars is entertaining. Um, it gives you action. It's crime. The acting is outstanding for the exception of Pacino's Spanish accent again. <laughs> but this is a movie that gives you everything except, you know, nudity and sex, which is cool because movies don't need that to give you the content that this film delivered. And this is a film. This ain't a movie. This is a film. Yeah. Big difference. Yep. I don't. I have to give it four stars. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, like I don't mind Pacino. Like I know it's bad. I know it's horrible. But it's like I lived with it all my life. And I'm like, you know what? It's Pacino. He can get away with it because he's Al Pacino. So I'll give him that because he played. A, he played a Puerto Rican in Carlitos way. So I'll give him that. You know, I'll give him. I'll give him a pass with the Spanish accent. Um, I love the cinematography of the film. Um, I love the film as a whole. It has it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Um, I wish I would have. They, they would have had more character development with the mom. Like it, it pretty much showed you how she was. But I would have loved, like you said, I would have loved to see the backstory. I would have loved to see like. If he was abused by his father, or if there was some incestual things that were that were happening with his sister or something, like I just wanted to know, like deep in the psyche, because all you know is like he he can snap in an instinct when he gets upset, and it shows. I think a lot of people are inspired by this movie because it shows the meteoric rise from someone who was a jailbird who had nothing, who was a dishwasher, and all of a sudden he elevated to like the top of the food chain of the drug empire. You know, like how does one do that? You know, it's like that's like becoming the Michael Jordan of basketball. If you play basketball in the inner city and all of a sudden you're the Jordan of basketball without taking cocaine. So it's just it, it, it like, you know, it's it's it, it's just so much so much different. It's it, it's it's like a different way of life how that movie is compared to the movies they are now. Like right now you got like of course you got the Godfathers, you got Goodfellas, you got you know all these movies the departing um, gangs of New York. But I think Scarface, you know, at that time in the movie, the movie of 
the movie in 83 or 84 when it came out is a movie of its time and i think it's timeless like that's something that shouldn't be touched and if it is remade oh my god they better like remake the ass off they got to do it so different you can't make them don't make him Cuban. Make him different. Don't, don't, you know, just do your own spin on it. You know, like, you have the characters, have the inspiration, but don't make it the same story. That's like watching the remake of Psycho again, like, with Vince Vaughn. It was pretty much the same movie. You know, I think that's why it failed so badly. Like, if you're going to remake it, remake it different. Like, people slack on Rob Zombie because he made Halloween different. Like, it was different until it got to the, to the, to the, um, so when he was adult, then it became the same movie again. Like, you know, hey, you know, that's you had great. That's a great tell that Rob Zombie. That's Rob Zombie comparison right there. That that's serious. Yeah. I love what he did with Halloween. I'm sorry. Yeah. You like, like, no, 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 that, that's fine. That's fine. You know, but I said like, like in the beginning it was fine. But then when, when it got to the middle, it became the same Halloween movie. Cause it was just pretty yeah, much yeah, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the beginning of it was great because you yeah, got man, to see the what backstory. What he yeah. did right there, what he did, that was that was kind of like elevating it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He added a little extra to it and then gave us the same movie yeah. so we could understand why Mike, what happened to Michael Myers, you know what I'm saying? Because we really didn't know what happened to Michael Myers. Yeah. So I, 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 I kind of like what it did. A lot of people didn't like it, but I like what he did. But you're absolutely right, E. When yeah. you make these movies, please don't make the same story. Yeah, yeah. Make him something else. Don't, don't make him don't make him Cuban. Else. Yeah. I'm sure they're gonna make it contemporary, probably like a Mexican with the whole like shit that's happening in Mexico. You never know, like with all the shit that's happening over there. Like you because the, the thing is when they do movies, they do it with stuff that's happening recent today. It's perfect. To keep it relevant. Yes. Yep. With the whole um ISIS and the stuff in cages, that would be a perfect setup, you know, like yo, to that, do something that, like that. That sounds yo E, that sounds crazy though. Like see, you you're making a whole other movie right now. Yeah. You're not giving me Scarface. You're making me on a whole other movie. And you see, that intrigues me. You see, minds like that is what we need in Hollywood. Yeah. We don't need like, oh, what are we going to remake now? Let's put a little twist on it. We're just going to add one character. No, yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Show me something. Yeah, or like, you know, like, now, now that everything is so, like, woke and PC. That's like, you know what? Let's make Antonia Montana. Let's make her a woman or something like that, you know? Like, they'll change it around. <laughs> like, for that, you got Queen of the South on USA for that, you know? Like, you don't need to do that, you know? But everything is so different now, though, man. But, yeah, but I give Scarface four stars, man. I I, I think it's... It's a well-deserved rating. It's a well-deserved rating. Well-deserved. And and the reasons why, you, the, the reasons you afforded why you gave it four stars... Tell me why it's four stars. To, to some people, it is four stars. Some yeah. people give it two stars. Some people, some people hate the movie. Yeah, you know, and, 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 and your four star rating to me is fair. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and and everything. Shoot, the way you the way you contested for the four stars, you make me want to switch it to four stars. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying it to me. It's 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 that good. Like 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 I have it on DVD. But if it's like if they're playing it on TBS and it, yeah, no matter what scene it is, I'm like, oh, let me watch this for a little bit. You know, like I have the movie. I've seen it. I think it's on Amazon or Netflix, but if it's playing on regular TV, ah, fuck it, let me just leave it here and just watch it, you know, like, I don't do that with a lot of movies, but I do it with that, you know, yeah. even Rocky, I do that, like, I I, I got Rocky, and I, it's on, like, Nef I don't know if it's on Netflix or something like that, but they're playing Rocky, I'll still watch it, I'm like, okay, I'll yes. watch it, you know, yes. I don't know, the movies of now, like, yesterday, I think are always gonna be watched today, like, you know, everybody yes. loves these movies and whatnot, you know, but, um, 
Vince, man, this was a great episode, man, talking about Scarface. Um, before I let you go, I want to ask you a question, man. Just a few questions yes. for you. Um, because I know you told me a little bit. I would love to get you back on the show to talk about your, your life story, man. But um, let me ask you, um, my question to you, like I always ask this to people I talk to and then I talk to, this is my setup, last question. What would the Vince of today tell the Vince of yesterday? Um, listen to mom and dad more. Because uh, as kids, we tend to rush things a little bit and not keep the advice of our parents in our minds. Listen to your parents and listen to your parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because because I say that I say that e because looking back when I was a kid, my parents' advice that they gave me was so good, and I only took the what I wanted to take. Had I taken all the advice, you know. Things would have turned out the way they envisioned it for me. But like I say, we can't change the past and we can't change what we've done. But if I could tell myself, my younger self, something is listen to your parents, bro. Please yeah. don't be so rebellious. Yeah, I gotcha. Thank you, Vince, man. Thank you very much for being on the show. On that note, I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mold devices. Have a good one, folks.